What's up, my brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, where we talk about all things pertaining to life on and off the fireground. Our guest today is David Blau. He is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, a state, national, and a Pan Am and world champion. He is a firearms instructor, a family man, a 23-year veteran of the fire service, and just an all-around great guy. So we talk about all those things and so much more. Uh, please enjoy the episode. Dave, thank you so much for sitting down with me, brother. Um, I want to talk about uh, your your jujitsu journey and your your journey in the fire service. But before we do that, like the where I want to start is, where did little Dave come from? Where did you grow up? <laughs> little Dave, tell me a little bit about your life. How you got to where you're not an oxymoron because I am. Not, you were not, not little. little. You're a big yeah. man. <laughs> I'm I'm husky. Yeah, that's <laughs> big boned. Uh, I was born and raised in Mesa. So I'm a product of the area. You didn't get very far. I know. (laughs) You know, I didn't have to go very far. I, I, I know where, you know, I'm comfortable in my wheelhouse. And so I don't, I don't venture far from that. But, uh, yeah, I was born here and born and raised, went to, uh, Westwood high school, graduated in 1988. I married a girl from Mountain View, which was our rival. Yeah, that was, that was bad. Crossing the track, buddy. I I still get some grief from that and then, and then all of my kids graduate have graduated from uh, mesa high school and so we kind of you know keeping it real right in mesa <laughs> so yeah so i haven't gone far and then uh tried to get on with mesa fire department and kind of messed up that process i knew a lot of guys there obviously that's where i had had wanted um in fact i i hadn't really even thought of the fire department early well, yeah. on what turned you toward yeah. the fire, what turned you toward the fire well, service I, I had a summer job uh, i was a swim coach a lifeguard and a swim coach for the city and uh there was uh there was a I, I had a friend who was a cop and at the back in in that time in the oh in the late 90s uh there was a hiring freeze for the fbi so i'd i'd done a, a mission for my church mm-hmm. in japan so Where'd i spoke you, oh, japanese japan. Mm-hmm. okay cool so i spoke japanese so i thought oh man I, the fbi is always looking for people you know that speak a, a foreign language and so I, I i but they had a hiring freeze so then all right well i'll be a cop because i always thought law enforcement cops were cool so i, I talked to my buddy who was a, a uh, was on the a sergeant in the mesa police department i said hey man i want to come do a ride along he's like whoa 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 dave hold on you can come do a ride along, but if I were to do it all over again, I'd be a fireman. I mean, he told me straight up. And I'm like, oh. He's like, man, everybody hates cops. <laughs> everybody loves firemen. I mean, hey, man. It, it, it's, the, it's the truth, Preach. right? Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> and so it was the best advice, some of the best life advice anybody's ever given me. Uh, and so I, I met uh, somebody whose kid was on my swim team. He was uh, on, the, on the Mesa fire department and so i kind of started the process with that it took a long time right i mean how many so how many years after so you came home from your mission so you're like what like 21 years old yeah 21 22 i I got married early on just like a lot of the a lot of the momos do you know they come home and get married quick uh started started my life i i I was doing international business at asu because again the the, you know the japanese i'm like oh, i'm gonna make a killing make all this money and then i'm like nah it's not the lifestyle I was looking for right Mm. and uh yeah so i started the process and uh you know got with the guys and like all right go to mcc start your fire science degree um so i did i started i got my emt i I got into back then they had 
their own academy. They had just started their own fire academy, fire one and two. So I got into that. And, uh, at the community, there's at the, the one and two at, at the community college. At the copy. community college, right? Mm-hmm. But you had to have, you had to have some prerequisites. So I started taking the classes just like every, everybody else, you know, back yeah. then. Now I'm going to be a fireman. Yeah. And, uh, and did that. And I went in all like, hut, hut, hut. And, and it was just kind of like coming and hanging out and playing firefighter. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that kind of, I'll get back to that later. Kind of bit me right in the butt, uh, later on but yeah it was it was it was fun it was a good experience i'm like oh this is cool and then i started testing right so back then you uh i can remember waiting all night to get apps in peoria mm-hmm. right so we out in front of the city hall that was yeah. the best part about yeah. being in the mcc academy was you were with everybody else that was trying to get a job in the valley and so you found out you get the network. Was yeah, who was hiring? Yeah. Who's who's turning yeah. an app, who's handing app, apps out and you, stuff. You know what I remember doing when I first got kind of hooked on to the pathway of of the job. I started by making phone calls. Remember, I had the hotlines. You'd call the phone. You'd call the city's phone line, and they would tell you if Vaguely. they were in a hiring process. Oh, uh, see, I didn't have to do that because I was always in class with people, and everyone say, "Hey." You know, Phoenix is coming out on the 13th or whatever, and yeah. you just, and Mesa, you know, and you just tested everywhere. Yeah. You know, so that was the thing. You just started testing. You started kind of learning the process. You got interviews wherever you could, so you kind of, you know, found out what that was like and kind of the buzzwords that they were looking for, and you kind of, you kind of honed in on the process. So, you know, that, that took about two and a half, three years, I would say, before I... Um, tested with Chandler and, um, and they do, they do their process a little differently, you know? So I'd, I'd made it far in the process with Sun City West and Peoria and, uh, and then Chandler came up and I, I made that by that time I kind of had figured out, you know, the, the process a little yeah. bit. Approximately what year are we talking about here? I'm, I did the MCC Academy back in 96. Okay. And then I, th- I think I started the academy with Chandler in 1997. Okay. So it was, I mean, I had started, I had already had my EMT before that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I started the process with Chandler. So now Chandler was different in that they would do the process. So you had your written and then you had your physical fitness, which by then was only a mile and a half in 13 minutes, right? It was pass fail. And then after that, you had your first interview. And then if you pass that interview or you had your first interview and then second interview, and then um, they, that was to get into the academy. And so they ran their own academy and that was, they call it an internship. And so that was, it was, right. you were not hired. You, right. you had an internship and we met on Tuesday night for three hours and then all day Saturday for like. Oh, dude, it was like 18 weeks. It was a long time. And uh, they did, we didn't have our own academy, so we were in downtown Chandler in a parking garage, pulling hose in the streets. We'd have, you know, cut engines come down and, and roll and hose and pull off, you know, and stuff and, and run at, the, uh, at Chandler High School. And then later on, we started going out to the MCC Academy that was out at Williams Gateway at the time and uh, kind of doing stuff out there first day we go out there and you, you go out to the connex box and you're rummaging through all the knickknacks and trying to find boots that matched and turn out coats that didn't have too many holes and 
bunker pants without yeah. any liners and grinder, you know yeah. slapping the black widows out of them and stuff it was it was old school <laughs> it was old school back then man and uh and you just found stuff that worked and we freaking did it but uh yeah and, and it was pretty intense because now you got 30 guys in a in an internship that are vying for Couple. 11 back then you know we were hiring pretty good so it was 11 spots and that's where it bit me that that attitude of coming out of the MCC Academy thinking, oh, I've done this and it's cool and it's fun. And so, oh, so the everybody laissez, the laissez faire attitude yes. at the MCC Academy. So everybody comes in hut hut and I'm like, hey, what's up? This is cool. And, uh, and I shot myself right in the foot early on, just being a knucklehead. Mm. And finally, thank goodness, some uh, Kent Keller is like, hey, Dave, come here. Shut up, dude. Shut up. <laughs> another another great advice. Just just shut up. Put your head down. Work hard. You know, so uh, it did take me a little while to dig myself out of that hole. Um, I I missed that first hire. So we actually had to keep doing ride-alongs once, once a month. We had meetings uh, every other month. And I got hired. I was on so the were list. So were you still an intern at that I, point? Like, well, it, it, was, it was, yeah, I was an intern. So I had a red shirt, and I, I had to stay current on the list, and they had these minimum requirements. And then I, I got hired 10 months later full-time. Okay. So yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> yes, I was happy to be second string. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and it's, it's been a great career. You know, I mean, anybody that's been doing it, they, they know it's, yeah. it's awesome. So yeah. you and I first met when you uh, – I'm not sure how far along you were in your career at that point trying to think pretty far along probably i'm 16, at 23 17, years now 16 so 17 years i think yeah. maybe because it was what you anyways we met in special operations you okay. were coming down uh-huh. i was uh i was acting as the the division chief over training at the special operations and you were coming down to get trained yep for my second time your second time yeah what was see, the first time first time i had i had actually went through for our trt uh hazmat when it was combined uh-huh. so i got us i got a spot on an engine early on in my career so i went down to phoenix and, and got certified in both. And then I was on the TRT team for a while. But then when I, um, when I tested for engineer, I got, I got bumped off. I had oh. to, I had and to then in, oh. And then it had lapsed and everything had changed. Our teams had split. So then I had an opportunity a couple of years ago to get back on it. So that's, that's, that's interesting. It's kind of some, some agencies do it a little bit differently, yeah. right? So uh, in my, my agency, you, once you have the certification, as long as you maintain your CEs, uh, you maintain the spot and you might leave a truck that is a special operations truck and go work anywhere in the city huh. um, as a rover or take a spot somewhere else or whatever. And you maintain your credentials. Um, and I know a lot of jurisdictions don't do yeah, that. No. Like if you leave that truck, you're out of the team. So you're not getting your pay, obviously, while you're off assignment. It, well, right? in our, in, in my jurisdiction, you do. Oh, Phoenix. I know. You I saw <laughs> Well, so the argument Good is the argument has always been that hey, if you are going to maintain your credentials and you're on an apparatus, uh, wherever you are, you still have that skill set and you yeah. bring that talent to the game. No, that makes sense. So. That makes total sense. That uh, that would be awesome. I I mean, I've been off the team, but I still have my gear, and they'll allow me to keep the cert for a year. Yeah. And so that way that if they need somebody, they can always, you know, pull me back in. <laughs> well, and that's what we do as well. Yeah. So when you have, uh, we'll use them as move overs. If you're, if you're a certified TRT captain or firefighter or whatever, and we need a guy on a special operations truck for the day, we'll call you up and say, Hey Dave, yep. we need you to come on over and you'll slide on over for the day. 
And that's good because I still get my seven and a half percent. So that's that's a little nice bump <laughs> for the go. day. So what are so what are some other some other cool things you've done in your career? So hazmat, CRT. So yeah, I mean, I I went uh, early on. I I liked the medical side, obviously, of the fire service, and so I I put myself through medic school. So that was before we, as a department, tested and ran our own program. So I think I was only on a year, uh, almost two years, and I decided to go to medic school. So I went through Orchid Lopez. If, if you remember that name, she was long. A long time ago and you paid for it out of pocket and it was shoot back then it was still like 20 2800 bucks it was a lot of money for a newlywed who (laughs) wasn't making any money right i think what we i think i started at twenty three thousand a year right (laughs) i was poor as as crap and so went on my own had to use my own vacation or trade and and i and i it took me almost I want to say like 10 months. It was a long program, two times a week kind of a thing. And then you, I, I tested, got my, you know, my national registry. And then when the d- department had a need, they would put you in it and then reimburse you for the cost of the lowest school that was out there, but not books and not <laughs> my time. So I, 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 I blew all my time, but I, I, I became a paramedic. That was fun. How long uh, was your program? Uh, it was, it was like... I want to say it was eight to ten months. Yeah, I think of just class was eleven months. Yeah. yeah, and then your you know your your ride alongs and your your yeah. your clinicals and all that other stuff. Oh, and it was it was such a pain, but you know it paid off. And, and now, gosh, the the stuff that the guys have to go through in Chandler, it's very competitive. We have a lot of people test. It's it's and it's a it's it's a long process and it's. A lot better system. They come out being a lot, a lot better paramedics out of school than I was for what's, sure. What's one of the differences that you think adds value? In what way? Well, how are they coming out as better paramedics? Oh, I, I just think the quality. I mean, orange. Nothing against Orchid back then, but it was there was she'd come in and, and kind of like, okay, today we're going to talk about Beck's Triad, <laughs> and I didn't know what you know what what was and i'm like oh okay and it was bouncing around there was not a lot of continuity and for my knucklehead brain it was hard to follow Mm. so i think that the way that our department you know most departments or most programs have it it, it's a you start with your anatomy and physiology and then you work and you figure out the body systems and and it's just it, it makes more sense right and they and they require more i mean it was (laughs) <laughs> you got to maintain a certain percentage. She was all about the paycheck and right. don't worry about it. It'll make sense later. I, I make good street medics. I, I'm just, she was, she was helping you to pass the national registry. Right. You know, and, and then really the rest of it was kind of on the job. Mm-hmm. And luckily I had some good mentors that kind of helped me along and hold my hand and be like, Hey, knucklehead, don't, don't do that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The, the process of, of educating adult learners um, it, it, there's a science to it. And I think that's, that's something that we, we don't necessarily apply it in the fire service. We're like, Hey, I have a skill set. I'm going to hand that skill set to you. You're going to take it from there. And we're not measuring, uh, learning. We're not measuring the, you know, the, 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 the learners takeaways very well. Um, we're not terribly good at, at curriculum sure. development, <laughs> right? Like we're just like, Hey, um, you know, you know, this is what we're going to do today. I just thought this up 10 seconds ago and we don't really put down the learning objectives and develop curriculum in a meaningful way. Right. And, um, well, I, and I, and, and our department's done a great job at that now. I mean, they got some really smart guys and that, that have it down and, and it's a good thing I did it then because if I tried to learn anything now, oh man, 
it, it my brain my brain just doesn't yeah you doesn't and I work as we're, as good as it used to <laughs> for sure yeah I don't and think it, I have the intestinal fortitude to get through medic school well, today <laughs> and, and we have we have the same connection through jujitsu right I mean just because you are good at jujitsu or just because you're a good medic doesn't necessarily mean you're a good instructor yeah you know so you got yeah. somebody who man they can slam that IV and they just boom 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 and then when you we ask a question was how do you get out of side control? Well, don't get there. That's the, that's the stupidest <laughs> answer ever. How, hey, what did, why did you give that? Because they needed it. Well, uh, you know, so just because you're really good at something doesn't mean you're really good. At, right. You know, you're a good instructor, can help other people learn right. or have a style that is conducive to that You, you know that what's learning, funny? Right? And conversely, what's interesting to me about that is you'll hear people critique um, instructors. Well, that guy's... They, they have no credentials. Uh, they suck. They've never been, you know, a, a world champion. Or they're, you know, I've seen that guy in the field. You know, he's not that great of a firefighter. Yeah. And so their street cred might be low. I go, yeah, but they're an academic, and they they know the information in a in a uh, a very uh, detailed way, and their ability to articulate it back to you so that you understand it. And you know, of course, I'm speaking very broadly here. Sure. But I, I also think conversely, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think conversely, though, something that we see now, especially online, is you get all these people, well, I have the, a degree in this, and I, I am this smart, and I went to school for this long. You know what? I, I don't think that education is necessarily a, a good indicator of intelligence. You know, no, I know a lot of education uh, is about process. <laughs> I know a lot of people that have a lot of things behind their name and they're stupid. They're idiots just because somebody went to school for a long time or even is a doc. You've seen it in the medical. Yeah. We bring people in patients in and 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 you you come into this ER at a, at a level one trauma center and you're given a report and you've you've been busting your butt. Right. To keep this patient alive and and trying everything and and. And it, it, there's blood everywhere and you guys are, you know, there's four of you in the back of an ambulance and it's running code three and you're trying not to fall on each other and trying to start IVs and you've got blood and puke and poop and everything all over, you know, and, and you're doing the best you can, right? And, and sometimes, obviously, that works out better than other times. But you come in and, and this person still has a heartbeat, you know, and you, you've been busting your butt for, I don't know maybe 15, 20 minutes since the beginning of the call. Right. And you come into this ER, why isn't this person C-collared? Why, why? And, and immediately starts pulling out, you know, the list checklist of things that you didn't do. And you're like, dude, I've been busting my butt here. Right. And, 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 and this, is, this is the first thing that you're going to come at me with? You know, screw you. And, and they have no knowledge of what we do as firefighters, right? right? Well, it's, it's, it's a lack of common <sighs> sense, right? So they're saying, hey, here's the checklist of items that were supposed to be done in the algorithm. Right. Right. Well, hey, when I'm bouncing in the back of an ambo, that's unrealistic. And, and in perfect sterile conditions, yeah, we would have had all those things done. For sure. But the reality on the ground is totally different. You know, that, that's... It's so, perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, because he, he's always learned in a well-lit, sterile, nice environment. Hey, give me, a, give me a seven and a half and a 14 French and, <laughs> you know, and somebody magically hands him stuff and, and, it, and it, you know, he can see... I'm lying in blood and vomit and trying to, you know, get an airway here. Right. It's, and he's never experienced that. So it's easy for him to criticize. Right. And then oh, trying to maintain your professionalism. And now I'm to the point in my career. It's like, dude, don't even, don't even come at me. 
Come on, yeah. you know, come yeah. at me. See bro. these gray hairs? <laughs> this happened for a reason. <laughs> I'm going to choke you out in about That's two right. seconds. Well, yeah, there's yeah. that too, right? <laughs> so the funny, so going back to the, yeah. the the thing about education, you know, it's, this is an interesting conversation because people talk about education in the fire service and should firefighter, you know, there's a there's a there's a divide, right? Some firefighters say, hey, advanced education is important, and some firefighters are like, no, the jobs, knowledge, skills, and abilities you build you develop on the job through training is the most important. And the reality is that I think it has something to, you know, there's something to be said for both, right? For sure. Uh, uh, academic education, the beauty of it is you're learning processes. You're learning how to do research and, and you're working, you're exercising that bone. Just like if you were to go out and do TRT training and, hey, we're going to put, um, we're going to build, we're going to shore up a trench. And we're actually doing the skill set and you know, building the muscle memory and the reps. Same thing happens when you're doing an educational process. You're writing papers, you're getting them critiqued, and you're learning how to you know rewrite and write again, um, and conduct research. And what is the value in the research? Sure. Because man, you can skew the crap out of some numbers. Right. So I think we see that. Right. Yeah. We see that with follow the science. You know, and you got all these people saying different things with. You, who do you? Yeah. Who yeah. do you? So the the, the beauty <laughs> of it though comes in the application. If you can take your education and apply it meaningfully in in the world of operations, for sure. You know, and and I think we see. I, I think firefighters are a different breed because a unique breed, right? Because we have these Type A personalities, these hard chargers that that can problem solve, right? Because nothing ever freaking goes never, right on a fire. Hundred percent, no, it, never. Or in, on a call or in the back of an ambulance, you're just like. You go to suction and the freaking thing doesn't work, right? But you checked it off that morning. I mean, how, how does that happen? But it, it, it inevitably it happens. So the good firefighters that are, are money, right? They're the ones that adapt and can figure stuff out. All right, let's go to plan B, plan C. And they don't get hung up, right? I, I've seen really intelligent guys that can spout out the drug calculations and the, the algorithms. And man, they're so, they're on, mentally, right? They're there and I can't freaking add two and two, but... They can't, they get, can't get past plan A. Right. Now what do I do? You know, right. and they freeze up or yeah. uh, 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 what do I do now? It's not working. And to be able to roll with, it's a, it's a nut. The guys that I think that are the, the best and the, 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 the best are, are guys that can kind of mesh that, right? That they're smart, but yet, and they've done the, the education. You can't, you can't get past, you can't fake the, the knowledge, right? The learning of knowledge, but those guys that can apply that and, and adapt it, to real world circumstances when the crap hits the fan and, you know, and move on. And, and those are the guys that are money. And, and then the experience, right? I mean, the most, some of the most valuable lessons I've learned, whether it's jujitsu or whether it's extrication training or whether it's paramedicine, it's the guys that have been doing it for 15, 20, 30 years that are like, dude, no, don't, don't worry about it. You know, there, or here, here you go. Focus on this. So those they, are the, that's the best that's helped me. I think it's interesting too is that there's 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 folks out there who are not paying attention, right? So they have you know, they have one year of experience repeated fifteen times, right? <laughs> Versus the folks who are constantly willing to learn. Sure. And and they're humble and when they have a they, they after they'll, they'll talk about calls after the fact and they'll they'll walk through some of the lessons learned. Hey, what did we do well, what went poorly? And gosh, you get every single incident you've ever been on you can sit down and have that conversation because sure. there's that's why we have a tailboard critique. Well, right? and yeah, we talk about that a lot. And oh yeah. Do, do we do it every single time with any we kind used of to, fidelity? But now, now I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think we've got away from it a little bit. Yeah. Right? Well, how many tailboards have you been at where people come out and the, and the, the boss will come out and go, Hey, that went great. Fires out. Everybody's safe. <laughs> and I'm like, well, hold on. Uh, that, there was some issues. Uh, you know, the way 
the way we dumped the hose in the front yard, that probably could have been smoother. Right, right? but like, you don't want to be that guy like, hey, why are you being a – why are you, you know, throwing me under the bus? And you, right. you get that – you get egos, right? It's well, tough. That's for that's a funny point you bring up because as uh, as hard-charging as we are, how fragile can the egos be? <laughs> well, that's why firemen all wear, drive big trucks to get, <laughs> protect our egos and other fragile things, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, and I'm parked I, in the shadow of your monster <laughs> truck, by the way. <laughs> I'm compensating for a lot of things, okay? Right. But I, so, at least I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. There you go. Own it. it. <laughs> own your stuff. You own your own insecurities. Yeah. Well, so the tailboard, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. There's so much value in having honest and, and real conversations about learning. And I think it takes, you got to take your ego and set it aside and say, no matter what, you know, if you truly value your skill set as a firefighter, that means every day you come to work, you're learning something new, particularly when we go on an event. Um, and if you make a mistake, own it. Sure. Right. And, and then figure out, because there's some young firefighter there watching you going, oh, that's okay. Right. It's okay to take that kind of shortcut and, or make a mistake like that and get away with it. Do you think, here, here, I just want to get your opinion. Do you think it's changed over the years that we've gotten better or worse with accepting or dishing out that critique? Because I think we've gotten better. Yeah, I think we have those conversations. I I don't know. I honestly don't feel that people are willing to be vulnerable with each other, right? And I think that there's a, um, and it's maybe this is an organizational thing, or maybe it's just maybe I don't know. Maybe my, my little I think circles. we're better. I think yeah. in Chandler, I think we're better. I mean, it used to be. You know, that whole conversation when, that we had in the academy is like, okay, here's the, here's the ocean, here's the fish, you know, here's the whales, here, you know, the, here's the fish, the, the whale eats the fish, here's the whale's poop, and here you are. You know, that, that's right, how they, right. that was the first night. They, they actually did that in the academy. So you are whale poop. You're below whale poop. So don't, don't question anything. Don't, don't, don't say anything. You are here to get crapped on. <laughs> and keep your head down and just learn and shut the heck up. Yeah. Where I don't see that anymore now. It's like, hey, you have value, at least in our organization, yeah. we, you have value. And we're still going to we're still going to tease you. You're still going to be a booter for the first year. You're still going to clean the the crappers. You're still going to, you know, do some stuff, but man, I look at the booters nowadays. <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh, you guys have it so easy." <laughs> Oh, you have no idea. I couldn't come into the day room without getting yelled at once, you know, for so a year. I, I, I do agree with you to assert that, that that exists. What I think, though, is I hear I will hear people say things like, oh, today's generation. And it's very derogatory. And so I, I wonder if that. That's tough because I'm know, old school, too, in that way. Right. I do think kids now are softer. And I can say kids because I'm 51. Right. Right. So anybody, is that the breakover? Is 50 the breakover? I think so. Because I just turned 50 and I'm trying to learn the rules. I think so. I think it's around 50 <laughs> because at that, like, you're old enough just not to give a crap anymore or what people think. And you're, you're not afraid to voice, you know, voice it. And then I think you're too old for people to kick your butt, too. So uh, otherwise it gets into the whole geriatric right. abuse thing. So it's you're a, violating my AARP. It's a win-win. Either way, I don't <laughs> I don't worry about it as much. Well, okay. So, yeah. so here's the thing. I think that like, I, I think you could, we could dance around this idea that, um, that old school, you know, our perspective, generation that came before us who looked at us when we were young yeah. would be the same way, sure, right? Sure. Those freaking it's young whippersteppers don't yeah. have anything. So, well, you're talking about what the world war two veterans. That came, yeah. Yeah. The greatest, greatest generation. generation. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So the question is, what is the value set? Right? So, um, 
because everybody comes at this from a slightly different perspective. Right. And so what is the imperative for these young firefighters, right? As a, so yeah. as a company officer, sure. what is it that is important to you with your new folks? First of all, I am an engineer. I'm oh, not, I thought you were a captain. No, I'm no, sorry. I'm, I'm a, I don't want to, I don't want to be a poser here. I, I'm just an engineer, just a lowly engineer, which is the best spot oh. in the fire service. Oh, well, this interview's over. I don't, <laughs> talk to, I don't want to talk to any engineers. Yeah, I know. It's just, I'm just a freaking, I drive, you know, I drove a ladder truck for most of my career. So I am a, a knuckle dragger at heart. But, but you know, it's, a, it's an informal. Uh, 100%. Uh, well, I, leader, yeah, I will say this. Sure. My, my engineer is always, is my XO. Like, for sure. It's an informal thing. I haven't had any, you know, formal training, but for sure. Um, so get back to the question. I, I think the, the kids, the kids nowadays com- coming out are, are smarter in that they pick up information quicker. However, I do think that they are a little softer. So for, for them to come in and get ready, I think you got to go out and just grind. You got to, that's, that's, that's where jujitsu is awesome. And, and I know that you know this, and I don't know how many other of your guests have, have, you know, been involved in that, but do something that's hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's pushing yourself, you know, physically that you go and do triathlons or you, you know, you push yourself on a mountain bike or just get out of your comfort zone and, and, and push yourself to kind of like Goggins embrace the suck, you know? There's a lot, I think, to be said about that. Mm-hmm. I think that now it's like with all the, you get, it's the participation ribbon generation, right? They all come up thinking that they're awesome. And, and they are in, in a lot of things. However, dude, the fire service isn't meant for participation medals, man. I mean, it is above and beyond. It's 110%. There's no quit. And, and, and so there's no room for that type of participation you know ribbon kind of thing so i think that that's being that old crusty salty dog that i am that would be my biggest criticism is that they kind of come in they're a little more entitled uh hey i i I earned my spot here no man we all started in this spot and 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 i cleaned the toilets for a year by myself shut up you know just like just like kent told me dave shut up Shut up and listen. Now, there, there's some good advice there. Hmm. Keep your mouth closed. You, just because you might know, think you know, you might not really know, and you might pick up something else. And so just push yourself, oh, you know, get, your, get out of your comfort zone, however that may be, because that will teach your brain and your body to endure when, when you're at your worst day, yeah. when it really is hitting the fan and you're in bad you're in deep trouble whether you're in a deep anaconda you know anaconda and then the lights are starting to 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 go out and you're in a bad spot and which happened to me in a, in the world championships where i was in a deep choke and i'm like oh you know what i did good i came you know i showed up i didn't i didn't wuss out i'm, I'm just gonna tap there's no there's no disgrace in it and i'm like I all, my hand came up and I was getting ready to tap on this guy. He was a freaking monster. And I'm like, no, Dave, you're okay. Relax for a second. You, you did all this training. You drove out to California. It's cost you, you know, gas and time and money. Don't just freaking what's out here. Give it, hold on, give it a few more seconds. And sure enough, right then he had, uh, he, he, exhausted he exhausted himself. And, and, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm still alive. I got my wits back together 
And, uh, and needless to say, I swept him. It was one of the best matches in my career where I came back and I ended up winning. So I was that close to tapping out. So, I mean, I know jiu-jitsu people are, are, are we draw correlations to life and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff all the time. But, dude, that was, that, was it. that was it. That was the real, that was the deal, man. And I ended up, I ended up getting a, one of my world titles with that. So uh, I'm going to circle back to that. Sorry, I, I know no, no, I'm no. all over the it's place. It's okay, here, but man. I'm going to come back to that because I want to I close out on something you said okay. here real quick. You talked about, uh, you know, these new guys who come in and they say, hey, I've earned this, right? And the thing that occurs to me when, when people say that is, I go, man, I'm always earning it. Like every day I come in, I'm earning it. And it's not, you can't just say I've earned it and boom, period. Yeah. Right? So when you come into a fire company, you have to earn your place. And I know that sounds, you know, there's, there's sure. people may not understand what I mean by that, but it's about building a relationship and trust. Right? You expect me to have your six on a, on a serious event and I expect you to have mine. That's not a given. That takes time to build that relationship. Yeah, who, what other occupation has that other than law enforcement right. or, or the military? Right. right obviously. I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't in the military. I have nothing but the biggest respect. But those guys understand it. Yeah. It, it's hard for the lay person to really get that. Right. Because of the importance of yeah. that. For sure. So there's, a, and there's, so to, there's a correlate to cleaning the toilet. If I can't trust you to clean the toilet... <laughs> Right, yeah. And to, to hold that job with some esteem, then how can I trust you to do anything else? And I, and that's the that's what I struggle with my kids. I have five kids, and and my whole th- I was kind of a a jerk to you know growing up like hey you know don't quit you know oh and and they <laughs> my girls were studs my boys <laughs> they 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 struggled a little harder because you know just that that pushing through. So again, to the younger generation, even if it sucks keep going, you know, it, it, your life, you're going to have things in your life that suck. You got to, you got to learn to push through at some point. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they, I, I earned my spot. Well, yeah. If you can have that, that mindset of you're always earning your spot. And again, jujitsu every day you come in, there's always somebody better. Yeah. I've been doing this game for a long time and I'm, I'm a black belt. I've earned, I, I could say I've earned my belt, right? How dare you question me or, or whatever. Yeah, that's great. Right up until a freaking blue belt comes and comes at me and, and almost takes my head off because they're awesome and they're young and, and athletic. And if I if that's not going to that that attitude's not going to last very long on the on a on a real jujitsu mat, mm-hmm. unless I dodge everybody like a lot of black belts hide do. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pick and choose my roles with the. The other old fat people, so that I'm never <laughs> challenged, right? But then again, you know, as a company officer, is that the kind of people you want on your crew, or the ones that are looking for that easy way out? I don't think that bodes well for the fire service at all. No, not at all. I think organizationally, it's 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 imperative that we hold a standard, right? And you know that uh, you know this idea of mediocrity that has crept in that we allow to seep into different places is is not okay. Like, there's the reality of life that when you're in a fire or when you're in the back of that ambulance, it doesn't matter what group you associate with or what you, you know, think you are, what that patient needs at that point is somebody competent who's willing to not just throw up their hands. I, I, I don't know what to do now, uh, you know, and, and keep on fighting in a house fire when you, when the interior conditions suck and, and a hose line gets kinked and, and it's go time. You know, what, what are you going to do? It doesn't matter what political party you are or, you know, what any of that stuff matters. Uh, you know, you, you got to freaking get it done, right? 
So it's I, I think it's a slippery slope, but I, I, well, I don't know. That's where you know we have to have measurable standards, right? You don't want the organizationally. This is what gets tricky: is we don't want to have um, a variety of standards for different people. Um, we know when I was in the Marine Corps, you'd have. You know, there was the, the men's standard, then sure. there was the women's standard, yeah. and they had different things they had to yep. do. But the problem is, is um, the job, you know, particularly in the fire service and law enforcement, et cetera, the job is the job. Sure. The laws of physics apply <laughs> in that building, right? And that is not going to change for, right. for us no matter what happens. Right. And, um, you know, in, in, the, in the law enforcement area, right, bad guys are bad guys. They don't care who you are. Uh, if you're wearing a badge, you're, they're going to try and take your ass out. For sure. So, so to me... Uh, the expectation of the job is, and I will say this, I watched a, uh, an engineer, uh, I was in the battalion wagon and I'm watching this engineer on a fire and she's five foot nothing. Mm. And she's out there and this truck is a, it's a La France with a real tall back on it. And she's scrambling <laughs> over the back of this thing. She gets this ladder, she hooks it. And I've told this story before. So if you've heard it before, bear with me, <laughs> but he pulls, she pulls this ladder, wow, 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 gets it to it's barely hanging on, jumps off, gets to the end, pulls it out, takes this ladder, throws it in the front yard, like freaking amazing oh, wow. she figured out how to adapt nice right and she's a savage um that's the job right somebody sure. has to get the ladder out i don't care if you're four <laughs> foot nine or if you're six foot eleven right you have to get that ladder to the people who need it on the on the fire ground nothing but uh, respect for that yeah. yeah and so to me the um there has to be uh, a standard that we hold and we have to help people you know we have to either meet that standard or help people get to that standard for sure. And anything less than that is not. And you know what, to be fair, because I've been kind of critical of some of these younger kids. Uh, you know, we see it on the fire service too, where you get on, you get a few years, you get, I moved to engineer and now, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a comfy spot. I really don't have any responsibility just other than making sure this stuff works and getting everybody to the scene. Okay. And then they get fat and then they get lackadaisical. And then, you know, so I, I still, I don't think my own crap don't stink, right? I have to hold myself accountable too as a person who's been on 23 years, as a, as a salty engineer. I mean, I'm a U-boat driver right now, okay? That's about the cushiest job in the fire service. It's awesome. <laughs> but I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't want to be that guy that is out of shape, out of touch, you know, uh, let my, 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 paramedic skills, you know, go completely out the window. Um, so yeah, I, I have to be able to hold, if I'm going to hold those kids accountable, I got to hold myself accountable too. And I yeah. think that that's lacking in some of the guys that have been on a longer time is right. Dude, can you still do the job? You're, right. you're talking crap about these, you know, her or these new people. How about you, bro? Right. How was your breathe down? You know, or how yeah. was your, your last physical, you know, fitness or agility test or whatever. Yeah. So it goes, yeah. it's a, it's a two way street for yeah. sure. Well, and that's a, that's a very important point that no matter where, the, the, you know, we talk about the fire ground and the laws of physics, right? This job will kill you no matter what, um, regardless of how seasoned you are. <laughs> so sure. you have to maintain a level of preparedness uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, et cetera, sure. to be able to handle every aspect of this Absolutely job. Absolutely agree, for sure. And um, you know, it's something a lot of people, unless you're in it, that they don't they're not going to understand this, especially the long toll, right? Yes. Yeah. Interrupting your sleep patterns is what they're showing now yeah. and how many years it takes off your life and the HGH, you know, production problems that you have being on shift work and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, it, you better freaking take it seriously. Even though I've been on over 20 years and I could retire anytime, I still got seven, seven more to go here. I, I better make sure I'm, 
Yeah, I, I, you know everything's tight. Otherwise, yeah. oh, well, I mean, there's so many things, right? How many times do you see the old timers that 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 get that retire? And what is the average? I think they say oh, like under, six years. I would say five-ish. Yeah, yeah. It's under five. What you bust your butt your entire life to to have this great drop and you know all these things and a bass boat and you know <laughs> cabin and and then you freaking die five six years after you retire. That's that's horrible. Yeah. But I, but sure enough, I, I see it with these old timers, man. They're it's sad. I yeah. do not want to be that guy. Yeah. You got to fight for it. And I think that's, you know, there's the, the job has an imperative that you have to measure up to. And then on top of that, it's the, uh, it's the ability to survive a career sure. and for what purpose to get out the other, out the door healthy and be right. able to crawl around and hang out with your grandkids and goof off. I and, think that that's where jujitsu and I keep coming back to it. Like, yeah. you know, CrossFit people always talk about CrossFit. <laughs> jiu-jitsu guys always talk about jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I think that's where it's been an invaluable thing in my personal life yeah. and in my career because it helps me to stay motivated, right? If yeah. Competing in these big tournaments, I don't really – how many other firefighters have something that they can still drive them or compete in, you know, professionally it's not, i don't get paid to do it I, in fact it costs a lot of money to do it but <laughs> <laughs> you know the the value that i get from it to keep me motivated to keep me healthy to keep me keep that drive of that com- com- competitive fire right yeah and at 51 you know still be able to handle business you know it's it's so let's, awesome <laughs> so let's talk about jujitsu let's dig in for me well, how did you get into jujitsu all right so i i got hired and then uh shortly after i got hired there was a there was a guy Marty Solomon, and he he was just this, you know, freak. He had all these powerlifting, state powerlifting titles. He was just a stud, right? And he, he was showing us moves, and that was back when the UFC was just starting, right? The old-time UFC where, where uh, there were no time limits, and Tank Abbott was in there, and, you know, it's just these big monsters. And, yeah, all yeah. kinds of crazy yeah. untrained and, and dudes. they freaking... You know, some skinny Brazilian dude in pajamas starts whooping everybody's butts. And I'm like, huh, what is this jujitsu thing, you know? So just like everybody else, I was a fan of the UFC. And and uh, and a guy started talking about this jujitsu stuff. So he's, he's kind of showing his stuff at the station. He brings some mats in. And he's, you know, just beating the snot out of us and we're like this sucks this is stupid <laughs> so i finally go in and and i and i try it and uh you know i'm a, I'm a pretty big guy i mean i wasn't as big as i was then i was kind of i was skinnier less husky <laughs> and uh <laughs> and i went in and these little skinny nerdy dudes would whoop my butt i could not understand how and I was just a I was just a chew toy for him, and I'm like, this sucks bad, but it's kind of cool. So I I did I kind of you know would play around with it a little bit, and but I was married, I had young I had young kids, and again trying to go to medic school and you know just pay the bills. So it was it was it was it was an expense for me, and and I messed around off and on with it for a few years, and then and then kind of started getting a little more serious and, and competing, and then you really got a kind of a taste for it. And uh, being a bigger guy, you're always the one that had to go with the upper belts, right? You never, I never really got to play with the other white belts. So I would just be like, I didn't know what they were doing until it was like, Ugh! oh, that's Do a joke. It. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know what that was. What was that? Shut up. Let's roll. Oh, gosh. That's, okay, you've done that three times in a row, bro. Let's, let's move on to something else, you know. And they would just, be, they would just beat me up. 
and I think that's kind of the, the trial by fire, right? If you could hang through the <laughs> abuse back in the old days, then, uh, then you were okay and accepted and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, I did local tournaments. I started competing at, uh, some of the bigger turn, they had state tournaments. Uh, I, I went to pans at a, as a blue belt and I won the Pan Americans. Uh, and then I went and I did the worlds. I, w- I won the gi and the no gi, you know, the, the gi is the pajamas and the no gi is just in like the, the, the rash guards and the, you know, spandex and stuff. So I, I won those titles and then at purple belt, I, I was a blue belt for like six years. I, I was uh, at a That's gym. track I'm on. Oh. <laughs> it, I was at a, I was at a gym that was notoriously slow for, uh, for promotions. And even though I won nationals and worlds and pans six years, man. And so it was tough. It, um, but I was kind of starting and stopping too. life injuries, fire department, you know, stuff like that. I think that was about the time that I, uh, I did, a, I, I was like, okay, I'm getting old. I was like 34, 35. And, uh, there was rage in the cage (laughs) here. It it was a, it was a promotion here in the Valley and it was, it was cage fights and it was amateur cage fights. So you could sign up and, and fight. And uh, I think the, the rule for the, it was no like open hand hitting standing or I'm sorry, you could, you could punch, but once you got on the ground, there were no there were no elbows or, or punches. You had to hit with open hands for liability issues or whatever. And I, I'm like, I got to try it. Because I was, again, I was that UFC fan, right? I was like, I don't want to just be one of the posers. Like, I could do that. So I, I actually, my, I yeah, my fight I, I, I actually was going to put my money where my mouth was. So I, I did this, uh, I, did a, I did a cage fight. And I remember I had to go meet with the boxing commissioner because I was 35, I was too old. So I had to get like a one-on-one interview to make sure that I wasn't going to have a freaking heart attack or something, right? And I met with him, got the okay, and I, I think I, I fought a kid that was like 23. So, uh, you know, almost almost half my age. And I, I, I choked him out in the second round. And uh, so I, I, I retired. Take your youth and I suck reti- it. I retired with a perfect record. <laughs> Of one and oh, <laughs> but you know what? Had I known the street cred that that would have given me on the fire department, I would have done it a lot sooner. <laughs> They're like, Oh, shoot, Dave did a cage fight. That's badass. Uh, maybe I won't tease him as much, you know. So, uh, all of a sudden, I had this kind of this I wasn't just this goofy, you know, tall, dorky guy anymore. I was like, Okay, I'm, maybe I won't tease you quite as much. So, <laughs> it, it worked out really good. Did for you get me. any new recruits? Tell me more about your pajama wrestling. Uh, so with my jujitsu stuff? No, this is yeah. Did anybody come in and go? Well, oh, now that you got some street cred, they come in <laughs> well, and go, tell us more. It was it was kind of a weird deal because early on in my career as a fire ser- in the fire service, I I was into the public education. So we'd go into the schools. Oh, okay. You know, as a new yeah. guy, as the booter, you always get stuck with the demos, right? At yeah. schools and yeah. talking about nine one one and don't play with <laughs> matches and then and I was always kind of a goofy dude telling dad jokes and you know all this stuff so i i always loved it and i actually and i still do (laughs) i actually started a children's television show called sprinklers clubhouse and uh and we had a set and i had my kids in it and the puppets and i was a clown okay and uh, and so i went to this clown school that the fire the fire service put on at phoenix had uh oh crap what was his name sparky he was a clown. He was well-known clown, and, and Phoenix had a, had, a, had a program with him on it. Anyways, uh, we ended up doing 23 episodes on, on life safety skills, 
uh, at Sprinklers Clubhouse, and they all air on the public access channels and and uh, for free on YouTube, and uh, and it was it was great. So I ended up I, for my fight name, I came out in my like blue belt, you know, my gi top, like George St. Pierre back in the day would come out in his gi top, right? I had my blue belt on, and I come out, Dave the Mad Clown Blau, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I uh, thought it was so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, uh, I was, I, I had so many of the, my firefighters and friends there. I was so terrified of losing and looking like an idiot. Yeah. So when I won, I was actually like, oh, thank goodness I didn't lose. <laughs> More so than I was like, yeah, I won. I was like, oh, thank goodness I didn't lose. Yeah. It was, you know, that it was, it was interesting. But anyways, um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> What, how, oh, the, the oh no! The I was just pajama curious, wrestling. No, I was just curious if um if you know guys are guys are apprehensive and making fun like oh he does this jujitsu stuff yeah then you do a cage fight yeah suddenly you've got some street cred does that do guys come to you now and go for sure hey tell me more about that for sure and you know I think the UFC did do a good job of that as seeing the the transition I think the UFC fighters you know were utilizing the jujitsu part into their into their fighting and mm-hmm. I, I think at that point i think you know it was coming becoming more accepted uh yeah i uh, firefighters are a flaky bunch man you know you know we're like oh squirrel you know oh that's cool i'm gonna do that and then they do it for a little bit and then they they they, they fade into the distance right uh, myself included i i can't believe i've st- stuck with it for as long as i have but they're they're a flaky bunch, um, so guys will come and go. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think really where it's benefited me more is I actually uh, a few years ago uh, Tyler Edenhofer was killed uh, working for DPS. The, the the he was on probation and the fight got out and the suspect got actually his training officer's gun and killed Tyler. So uh, I I knew that the, the assistant director of DPS at the time. And so me and another uh, buddy, Josh Stockman, um, who is a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well, um, put together a, a fundraiser course for the f- uh, for the family. And so we actually got it certified through the Arizona Post, you know, law enforcement post. And we did a, we did a seminar uh, and they got three credit CE hours for ground fighting for cops. Nice. And, uh, and I think that was my, my biggest thing was seeing the, overlap to from jujitsu to real you know mma fighting street fighting and how ill prepared law enforcement was yeah and i've always had i wanted to be a cop right first off i never lost that love for cops and i'm fortunate in chandler we've got a great relationship with our law enforcement we get along really really well but to see how ill prepared these cops are for a ground fight it just it makes me it makes me frustrated. So yeah, I was able to do that and kind of get my foot in the door there. And uh, since then, I I've I, I teach women's self defense. I teach firearm. I'm a firearms instructor, um, and so I love teaching kids and women. You know, empowering them and using jujitsu for that is is huge. And, and seeing that direct correlation. So now I've, I've even parlayed that into, I just two weeks ago went to uh, Texas and did the Gracie GST, Gracie Survival Tactics for law enforcement. I went and did a, a, a class out there. So now I'm actually a, a certified Gracie instructor and I'm gonna go out in two weeks to California Torrance and 
you know, learn from Henner and Hidon, you know, the godfathers, and, awesome. uh, and get the, the second uh, instruction. But a lot of cop friends, uh, any time I roll with, uh, with law enforcement officers, even in just the pajamas, I'm like, hey, man, can you, can you get to your gun? Just to get that thinking, you know, and, and hey, you, you don't, do you really want to be here? How about if you just underhook this on your gun side and you do this move this way so they can see the real world application? Because everybody that's like, I'm sure all your firefighters right now, they're like, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu. What, people don't walk around in pajamas, bro, on the street. <laughs> well, so let's talk about that for a second because the, uh, the obvious application for law enforcement is, you know, controlling a sure. suspect, right? Perfect transition. Yeah. But what about how does it help? The fire fire service, service. for yeah. sure back in the day before back in the day uh <laughs> before cops had uh tasers yeah we fought people all the time you yeah i'm sure you remember man it was all the time so you get a a combative patient that's either high on drugs or or drunk out of his mind and doesn't want to do what you want to do boy it's the polyester pile up and you or you come in and see a bunch of cops wrestling somebody that's on pcp or one was this freaking 17-year-old kid who had a party at his parents' house and got into some mushrooms, and this kid was buck naked in his front yard, freaking out. And this little little scrawny kid was throwing people around. It was amazing. It was incredible. And he's naked, so nobody really wanted to grab hold of Very anything. Very reluctant <laughs> to get in there deep, right? <laughs> put, his, put your face somewhere that was in a compromising position. But, yeah, I mean, we fought people all the time. And now it just seems like, uh, oh, well, it, you know, I got a taser. I'll tase him. But you've seen that doesn't work all the time. Yeah. So for us to be able to control somebody who is obviously having a bad day, if yeah. they're if they're drugged out of their mind, they don't they may not know what they're doing. Right. They're, it's not like they're trying to be a, a butthole to you, but they don't know. And to be able to protect you and your crew and even even to protect them from hurting themselves or so that you don't just drop the freaking WWE elbow of justice on their face, which isn't professional, right? right? To be able to to control them or just body position is huge. And so I, I'm a huge believer, not just because I drunk the Kool-Aid and, you know, I, all that other stuff. It, it, I see the value of it. And to be able to you know, for specifically fire, it, it's, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a huge deal. And when you get some freaking 300 pound Samoan, who's, you know, like doesn't want to do what you're saying. Cause he's taking five somas and he needs to go to the hospital cause he's slurring his speech. And you say, okay, buddy, time to get up. And I ain't going, yeah, you are. We're going to make you. He looks up, looks at all of you, you know, the four of you, like you're going to need more people. <laughs> and you're like, oh shoot, <laughs> we we might need more people, you know. But yeah. to to have some confidence in you know another tool in your tool belt, right? To to be able to handle that situation, I think it adds value to yourself and to your department. Yeah, I, I love the fact that with jujitsu, you can actually control somebody without hurting them. That's the and, yeah, and that's that's, the that's key. such a right uh, uh, to be able to know that you have that tool in your toolkit, so to speak. Um, when you get into a situation really does add a lot of confidence, like you're saying, and, and organizationally, I think does provide a, some sense of uh, risk management, right? For sure. And I think that that's the big selling point for the, the, the Gracie, whether you, you know, you think the Gracie's are a, a you know, a sellout or not. I, I think that the program that, that Henner and Hiron with Gracie university have put out with the GST program, mm-hmm. it's amazing. 
And, uh, and that's their, one of their big things is, hey, not only are we protecting the officers from getting hurt, we're actually protecting the suspects from getting hurt. And now they have data that proves that. And so they're able to go into a city manager or a police chief or whatever and say, hey, this is, these are the numbers of lower uh, deferred, you know, not deferred comp, um, workman's comp injuries. And then, you know, the, the, it's dropped uh, suspect injuries by 50%. I don't know what the numbers are, but they can come through with the numbers and it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too about, about it um, is the individual, and this has been my own personal experience. And I think, I think you might agree. So let me know if you yeah. <laughs> is I think the, the need to lash out violently goes way down when you know what you're doing. That's, that's, that's the big thing, right? I mean, how many times you get that firefighter ego and you're like, it's three o'clock in the morning right? You don't, you, this is the third time you've been up. It's the same jackass that you've been on. You know, it's the third time, you know, him by name, right? Jerry, come on. I, I'm not, it's, it's just using the name. No if your name is Jerry, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, come on, man. We you, just, you got to move or whatever. And he wants to get froggy and now you're pissed. And now you, you do use too much force and you hurt him, you know, or you like, man, I didn't need to crank that hard. Right. right. But, but yeah, you're so amped up and you're so pissed and you don't know. And, and now elbows are flying and you might take a foot in the face and now you, now it's freaking, yeah. you see red right. and you can't control it. Right. Is that really where you want to be? You know, uh, do you, are you really thinking clearly? And, and the answer is no. I, th I think to be able to have that knowledge, like, all right, it's not going to be a big deal. You know, Jerry, calm down, buddy. And to be able to have that confidence in yourself that, okay, take a breath. I don't need to beat the crap out of this guy. He's just, it's just Jerry. He's just drunk or whatever. Right. And not be that a-hole fireman that you, you know, or, or God forbid somebody's videotaping it. Right. And makes, you know, makes your headline and now your city is, you know, yeah. now you're in trouble and your city's in trouble. We've seen videos of it. Yeah. It's like, screw you. Oh, no, you, no, no, you didn't. You know, and then you, you, you beat their butt and now your career's over. Right. That's not worth yeah. it. Well, and you're, and not to, you know, you're adding a black eye to the entire fire service, to public safety sure. at, at whole as a large, right? Sure. And, and that's that big selling point for the cops. But I think it's pertinent for, um, for fire as well, obviously, because we yeah. we are dealing with combative patients before we can call for PD and, and the you know their response time. We've all been there. If you've been on the job for more than ten years, you probably have had a, at least one or two where you're like, oh crap, you know, and and you're sitting on this guy or whatever. And are you doing it well enough that they're going to survive? You know, have sudden what is it post incarceration? You know, hyperthermia or whatever. It's that was the word, the buzzword there for yeah. a long time. Sudden incarceration. I don't know. I can't think of it either. <laughs> it's where their body temperature spikes up and they cook their brain and they die. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a real thing. So are you going to be able to recognize that? Are you going to be calm enough that you can still look for that stuff instead of being like, you deserve this, you motherfucker, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It, it's nice to be able to have that confidence. It's the same thing as when I'm carrying a firearm, uh, you know, off duty and somebody cuts me off. Ooh, I see red, right? I want to freaking, no, you didn't, you know, and I'm like, hold, calm down. You're carrying a gun. You know, you got that added responsibility, right? And so, and sometimes when I'm carrying that, it is a check for my, my anger and my attitude. Like, 
okay, I can't be a freaking go off half cocked here because I have that responsibility. It's, it's the same thing when we put on the blue t-shirt, right? Yeah. You have that responsibility to be professional, take care of your patient, even if they're being a jerk for the third, t- you know, the third yeah. time that night or whatever, you know, you got to still be professional. Yeah. Well, we have a tendency to take it personally, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's sure. not personal. This person is, you know, this individual is. Uh, is not personally attacking you, Dave, or you, Rain. Like, it is yeah. not about you. Well, but then you're with your buddies, too, right? You don't want to get punked by freaking <laughs> Charles for the third time. Oh, oh, now, oh, he just he just called you out, Dave. Oh, you're his <laughs> little, you know, you know what? Oh. Uh, you know, and they're kind of like your your buddies in high school goading you on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could be our own worst enemies <laughs> in that regard, huh? I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, no. Uh, it happens, but it's not, it's not very professional, but I, I think, I think it's real world, right? We, we get comfortable and yeah, there's, there's a lot of dynamics that people just don't understand that go into the fire service or law enforcement, right? They think it's just so cut and dry, hmm. right? You, you just, how hard can it be? You freaking take a hose off your truck. You put the water on the fire and it goes out, right? They don't know about the 95% of our calls that we're going into domestics or sick kids or dying grandparents or now with the whole COVID thing, holy cow, you know, that's, that's a whole nother ball of wax, right? I don't even know if you want to open that can of worms, but you know, going from always being the good guy for my whole career, right? Oh, thank God the fire department's here to dun, 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 dun. now I come, I'm the grim reaper, right? Oh shoot. It's the fire department. They're here to take grandpa away. We never see him again. And then you're like, uh, yeah, sir. Um, I spend how, you know, if you've been on any amount of time, you, you're kind of talking people out of going to the uh, emergency room that don't need it. Right. Yeah. And now you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, sir. You probably do need to go to the hospital. You're really sick. Uh, can my wife come? No. no, sir. You can't, she can't. So you're like knowing in your mind, you're taking this poor old guy that's been married to his wife for 50 years. She's yeah. never going to see him again. He's going to go to the hospital, die in a windowless room all by himself on a ventilator. You're pulling him out. Grandkids are in the front yard watching, you know, firefighter Dave take his, take their grandpa away to die. That really was a different deal for me this last year. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know how many other firefighters have experienced that, but I, that, that, that was a different deal for me. That was, uh, you know, I think anybody that's been on can say that the job has changed over the years, but not like it's changed in the last year. Yeah. You know, I think it's really dramatically changed for the world in general. Sure. Right. And, and regardless of where people stand on politics, whatever side of this mess you're on, mm-hmm. um, it has, uh, become a giant shit show for all of us. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been something that I would not have ever guessed you know yeah. how how it'd be and and exactly you know i get into it on social media just like everybody else on politics or vaccines or masks or whatever you know and and it's like dude i i don't think this is a joke i'm i'm on the front lines here whatever you know you think or i think i'm <laughs> you weren't there you know where i had to comfort a 13 year old boy that came in and saw, found his 46 year old dad dead in the bed probably from covid right. healthy guy you know, so I'm not discounting any of this, but, uh, it's, uh, that's a bummer. Sorry to bring it down. So yeah, thanks for so, taking us yeah, to that low geez. spot. All right. Golly. Yeah. On to other fun things, <laughs> but you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a part that people don't understand. So again, here we go back to jujitsu. 
being able to have that outlet, you know, to come and deal with that, you know, just like guys with in the military with PTSD, you know, to be able to come and, and be on the mats and no politics and, and, and keep myself in shape, give myself a, an avenue to, to compete and push myself, just embrace the suck. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. get my butt whooped by all these young freaking kids trying to rip a black, big 250 pound black belts head off. Right. And, and, and then, um, and then learn, you talked about, you know, education and, and, and continually learning, dude, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. My brain, I'm seriously have all, early Alzheimer's or something. Cause I can't freaking remember anything. So to come in here and, and push myself to learn new moves to, you know, just like a white belt and have that, that humble mentality. Um, I, th- I think it's huge. So, so let me ask you this. So if you are, cause I think it's amazing if somebody is at you know twenty years old, they stumble into jujitsu. That's great. I came to jujitsu. Jujitsu, <laughs> bless you. Hold on, I came to jits. Yeah, at forty six years old. Okay, and that's late, bro. Right? Yeah. Do I stand a chance? Am I going to be okay? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So we, I, I feel like that's what's unique about it, man. Well, I got to be honest, man. Like it was life changing for me, <laughs> and it was a really amazing opportunity to to. Or, yeah, it was just an amazing series of events, and then I stumble in, and I'm starting training jiu-jitsu, and I'm like, where have I been? Where's this been yeah, my whole life, yeah, right? for sure. I love the, falling in love with the sport, and um, and so what's what's the, I mean, how does somebody get into this, pro, get into jiu-jitsu yeah, in, it's a health, great, in a healthy, It's a great question. Way? So, yeah, I mean, here we are talking about, you hear Joe Rogan talking about jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, uh, uh, Jocko Willink, and all these guys that there's no better thing that you can put your youth in than to jujitsu. That's not just for young people. It, it is, I, I tell people it is an interesting Kool-Aid to drink because it, it checks off so many boxes for so many people. I I'm actually looking at opening up my, uh, my own gym here in the next year. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, at 51, bro. It's going to be here in the East Valley. So far. Uh, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Somewhere Where the rest I'm, of your life is. <laughs> I'm looking at Gilbert, hopefully uh, Gilbert, uh, East, East Valley somewhere. But, uh, it's never too late. That's what's great about it is you can, you, I, our gym here at, at Aries, Arizona, right? We've got, we've got young studs to old farts like me that have been doing it forever. We've got women, we've got children, we've got moms and single girls and, and college student boys and X D one wrestlers and you know, the whole gamut, right? Conservatives, liberals, people in between, whatever. Jujitsu doesn't care about your sex, your religion, your politics, none of that. You come in here, you sweat just the same, you get your butt kicked just the same, and uh and you you shake hands, you it that you get the the martial arts aspect of the respect bowing on and off the mats, which is, which is cool. Right. Uh, and, and you, it is a martial art. So you get that respect of your elders, of putting your time. Hey, I'm a black belt. I, I, I think I deserve a certain amount of respect, just like a 30 year firefighter deserves a certain amount of respect. Right. But do I expect it? No, I got to be humble about it and be a good ambassador for it, whatever. But yeah, you, it doesn't matter any of that stuff. You can come in, you can learn, you can get physically fit. You're learning a real world skill that could benefit you and your family. Uh, you're, you're, you're getting a team aspect. So even though you're only fighting one other person, if you're competing, you compete with your team. You got your teammates there screaming, yelling for you, win or lose. It's awesome. 
you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Like I talked about doing hard things. You go out and compete. People are just like my cage fight, right? I'm like, oh, geez, I hope I don't freaking make an idiot out of myself. Same thing when I go and compete at, you know, state tournaments here. Like, oh, yeah, Big Dave, he might get his ass kicked, you know, and, and it has happened. Yeah. At Worlds, in the finals, I get foot-locked as a black belt, and Jiu-Jitsu Magazine's right there. Takes a picture of it, and they go, ah! And, and the comments as I'm icing my foot at 3 a.m., kind of <laughs> crying a little bit because I was so close to that last title that I don't, it's the only world title I don't have is Black Belt Gi. And, uh, and the comments, you know, really? A, a master's black belt doesn't know not to cross his feet? Or, well, costly mistake. The best one, though, was only cross him if you're awesome. I was like, <laughs> okay, that one's pretty good. <laughs> But, you know, the guy put me there, and, and, and it was a white belt mistake, but he put me there. I made a mistake, and it was the worst beat of my career after 18 years of competing, right? So, yeah, y- y- where else are you going to get that? Where else are you going to go and challenge yourself? Where are you going to go and put yourself on the line other than a, in a house fire or, you know, in a super stressful situation? And, and then have that camaraderie after the fact, going out and hanging out with your teammates and, and, and enjoying each other's company. And, you know, that, that, I think that's why people talk about it kind of like a religion because it, it does check off so many boxes for so many different people. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's just, it's really, it's weird actually when you stop and think about it because I'm like, am I in a cult? <laughs> Checks all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing is that they don't, you know, they don't ask for any other money than just my monthly dues. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's incredible. Well, did that answer a question or am I rambling? Yeah, no, both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't know what you were getting into. When no, you had no, it's good. Here. No, that was my question was, was, and I was, you answered it directly, which is, is this for everyone, right? I basically, I said, Hey, how do you, how does a 46 year old start this oh, process? Yeah. I mean, I know how I did it, yeah. but I think about. Um, you know, in terms of just the average person getting the gumption to For just sure. walk in and, I had and try a, I had, it out. Yeah, I'm sorry. To get back to it, yes, I have referred cops to it. I People, what about this gym? What about that gym? You know what? There are great gyms everywhere. I, I have been to, I am friends with a lot of the owners. I don't care what team or affiliate. Go where you can, where you're, where, where you will train. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Do you, you recommend know? shopping around a little bit? I, like, I do. Why not? Try, try get get different vibes. There are different vibes in different yeah. gyms. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Though. So yeah. I feel like now as a salty blue belt, I could go anywhere and get a feel for the gym pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. Cause I've been, I've been training long enough, but I think about the person who's never trained at all. Sure. How are they going to find it's daunting. that? daunting. Oh yeah. Mix? It's scary for sure. You, uh, start asking around, start asking, you know, if you're a firefighter, start asking at the station, everybody has an opinion at the fire station, right? But uh, yeah, ask your friends, find out just because it has Gracie in the name doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for you. Um, There are lots of ours is not affiliated with, with the, you know, there's, it's kind of like religious sex out there. Right. And, and it used to be back in the day, man, it was like, you do not cross lines, right? Don't cross the streams. It, It was, uh, it was very frowned upon to go to different gyms. I think that that's kind of gone by the wayside now. You can go and check out gyms. You're not going to get your butt whooped. Um, but yeah, there there are different feels. Like like I said, here at our gym, we got a lot of. It's kind of a, a good mix of people who want to compete and people who just want to come and you know hang out and 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 learn and and exercise. 
I introduced a, a daughter's friend, kind of an older guy, heavy, out of weight. I'm sorry, out of shape. I didn't think he, he, he told me he, he was going to puke in warmups. And so I thought, no way, this guy is not going to last. And sure enough, you know, you think this stud's, you know, going to kill it. And he leaves after a couple of weeks and this guy has stuck it out through a, a hip replacement and he's lost 30 pounds and he's not a inherently athletic guy. But man, he's he's got it, and he's getting he's getting good. But he he's a middle-aged man, professional man, and he he's just kind of that got that dad bod, and and he's doing great. And is he going to be a world champ? Probably not. But I don't think he wants to. I don't think he cares. But it's great for the person who wants to get a feel for it. Uh, you know, push themselves, put yourself into a position where you're got another sweaty human being on top of you and trying to maul you and, and choke you unconscious. That's, that's getting out of your comfort zone a little bit, right? Yeah. Or, or, you know, learning how to roll with a, a, a 110 pound woman without I'm 250, right. And not hurt her, right. Being careful and using my technique and, and controlling the little wily 160-pound little freaking freak who, you know, is going spider monkey on me, you know, <laughs> and just surviving. And, and there are guys that, that, that it's just it's crazy. But being able to, to do it at an, at an, at an advanced age uh, safely so that you don't incur those injuries, you know, having a gym that does take that carefully and has that, that mindset of, hey, we're here to have fun learn take care of each other because there are some gyms you walk into it's like it's my house yeah bring the pain here you know yeah. it's like I, I had an incident don't want to go there i had an incident early on i was uh i was you know a couple years into training and um uh had this dude who was really kind of aggro mma sure. and um he got me in an arm bar and just racked it Ugh. And I was, you know, and I was like, as he got the armbar, I'm like, tap, 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 tap. And I'm, and he just, oh, did I, did I hurt you? And I'm like, you know what, dude? Yeah. We're not going to talk anymore. Yeah, that's it. And what's interesting to me and what really irritates me is that that guy just, you know, he was gone. He was gone with a week. Like, sure. He just moved on with his life. And I ended up having this like debilitating tendonitis <laughs> for like three years. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting thing because those kinds of aggro guys that are just muscle heads and and are, are, are crazy out of control usually don't last long in yeah. the sport because they're, they're not welcome in a place, in an environment that is conducive to that real teaching and that yeah. learning. If you're, if you're hurting people, this isn't, this isn't the uh, sport for you. No. Yeah. It's, it's interesting is what I've learned over the, over the last few years is how to um, gauge somebody's energy. Right. If they're coming at me with kind of out, out of control energy, <laughs> yeah. I know the difference. Right. And, uh, and I try to tell, I try to tell guys, you are empowered to set the tone. Sure. Right. Tell me, you know, tell me how you want to roll, man. Like if you're going to, if, if you're going to come at me real hard, you're going to receive in kind, like it's, gonna, I'm going to control that. For sure. And, uh, that's a, that's the most dangerous thing, right? Is to, is to really roll with a white belt, a spazzy white belt. Yeah. That's the most dangerous to me as a black belt who's been doing it for years and right. is, can handle myself. They're the scariest because right. they're so anxious to show that they can do something. do something to me. And it's like, dude, calm down, man. You're going to, you're, you get whacked in the elbow, you know, in the face with an elbow or get kneed. And it's like, all right, bro, this isn't the UFC, man. 
Right. We're just hanging out. We're having a good time. And, and, and so gyms that instill that early on into the new people, huge. Yeah. So there, you'll, you'll get that in different gyms. So yeah, go check out different places. Uh, different instructors have different styles. Uh, you'll get some that are heavy competition schools. You'll get some that are uh, strictly self-defense based and they're not really into the competition. So I think they all have their different value. Um, and it's just kind of what meshes with your personality, what meshes with your schedule, what meshes with your, you, you know, their different prices and, and, you know, your income. That's, that's a factor of course, but just kind of what's your goals too. You just want to hang out and check it out or are you, it's not like you have to make a commitment to be long-term, but Hey, I'm 51. I still see the value. I yeah. trained this morning. I trained last night. I, uh, you know, tr- I, I train differently than I used to. I'm, I'm a lot more careful and, and deliberate. Um, but yeah, I, we have to go to work the next day. Even, even the competitions that we're at, you know, I mean, hey, bro, let's take care of each other. We both have work tomorrow. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, so you, you get that respect of, of other professionals that you're not going to sit back on that arm bar and, and really hip it as hard as you can. You're going to get the position, control it, and give the guy a, t- a chance to tap. And then if you don't, you're going to creep it and creep it and then... And if he doesn't tap that, he's a grown he's a grown adult. He made it. He made his choice. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of times in training, I get people and they don't know they're in trouble, and so I just let it go. I I I don't need that tap to make me sleep better at night. You know, I don't need. I don't. I don't do this sport to stroke my ego, because I'll tell you right now, there's a certain black belt whose name is Jonathan Van Buren. So he he'll tap me four times, five times in six minutes, you know, and he's a hundred and fricking 80 pound hippie kid. And he just, he just whoops me. And, uh, and, uh, I've, I think I've caught him like four times in the last six years <laughs> and he remembers each one, but he, he doesn't try to hurt me. And that's, yeah. that's the thing, man. You, you, there's, there's always somebody better. Hey, well, that is one of the beauties of training jujitsu is, <laughs> is that the humility that we are given in that process, right? Recognizing that there's so much that you don't know and that there's always somebody who's more knowledgeable and can apply that knowledge more effectively. For sure. You know, and, and of course I see that in, in kind of all things, um, you know, as we're talking about. Aren't, the, aren't those the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with though? Like yeah. in business or in the fire service or in your crew, your leadership, you know, your captain, your BC, when you bid that truck, isn't that kind of, if, if you have any self-worth, isn't that kind of what you want to surround yourself with? Are those people that are freaking awesome that can help you ri- raise your game up and, and yeah. teach you? Yeah, challenge you oh, and, and bring you to a new level. I've been so 100%. fortunate to be in, you know, at this gym and, and it, in the fire service and, and have great mentors. And still, as, as, as I'm getting ready to open my own gym, I have friends that are mentoring me and, and teaching me along the way that are helping me not step on those landmines and... <laughs> How blessed, how blessed yeah. am I to have those kind of people in my life? They're, yeah. they're, they're worth their weight in freaking gold. Yeah. Because believe it or I not, totally I, I know I think I know everything, but <laughs> I really don't. And, do, and that's the beauty, man, is that none of us actually know. The, the more I learn, the more I realize that there's so much I don't know, right? And that, <sighs> well, so let's, let me ask you. We yeah. got, we'll, Sorry. We'll wrap up. No, we've yeah. been going. It's good, man. I love it. Um, what, is, uh, what is one like life lesson or a quote or something that just that always comes back to to your mind that, that is a guiding principle for you or a truth. 
Ooh, put me on the spot. I, for me, uh, is, is to be humble, right? I, I think I'm pretty awesome, but I'm really not. Uh, there's, like I said, there's always somebody better. There's always somebody smarter, but it doesn't mean I'm not trying to become better or become the person that I have envisioned for myself, right? I don't want to settle. So I'm always trying to push myself, always trying to learn, even at my advanced age, even when it's freaking hard for me to memorize anything anymore. I still, I still have goals. I still want to open up a business. I still want to get a pilot's license. I still want to push myself, right? There's so many things. Life is so awesome. And you can get bogged down, you know, in the politics and in the world and in COVID and whatever, your own life crap that's going on because it's, life's not fair, but I think that's probably the best and the worst thing about the fire service for me is seeing people on their worst day, seeing bad things happen to good people Mm. for no reason, right? There's no, it just happens, right? So to, to realize that life is fleeting, it's finite and to enjoy it, it's meant to be enjoyed and to learn and experience without trying to sound like a freaking Dalai Lama here or anything, man, it, I, I've got a, I've got a good life. I'm blessed with a great family, five wonderful kids, two grandkids, you know, uh, a great job. Does it suck sometimes? Yeah. But if I dwell on it, it's going to suck worse. So I, I, I look at the positives and, and jujitsu helps me to do that. My, my family helps me to do that. All my other activities helps me to do that, but just, just take advantage and enjoy it. Enjoy the ride and challenge yourself and, and look at all the amazing things that there are to, to do and learn and experience. So that's, I don't know, that's my, maybe my two cents. Maybe it's all baloney. It. I'll take that as a whole. That's a nickel right there. <laughs> so in closing, Dave, what's, where can, uh, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect, if they want to train with you, uh, where's, where can they catch you on social media? Or I don't have anything concrete set up. We're still in the planning uh, stages and development, but my name is David Blau. Uh, they can con- contact me at Fireman Dave four two three two. I know it's it's you know it's very original. Uh, Fireman Dave four two three two at gmail dot com. If they have any uh, questions or they want to chat about anything, or they can on social media. It's um, I'm Dave. I think it's David BL. You can Facebook me or right on. and I'll put those in, I'll put those in the show notes. So, <laughs> not that I have anything interesting to give anybody, but maybe you guys want to talk crap, and that's that's okay. It's that, fair. That's good enough. <laughs> thanks, Dave. <laughs> all right, thanks, bud. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying this podcast, get over to whatever platform you like to listen on. Subscribe. This podcast will drop in the middle of the night when you least expect it. Additionally, get on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review the podcast. Feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, Any feedback that you provide is valuable for me in helping us build this product to be more uh, in tune with what you want to hear. Lastly, take the lessons that you're learning here from the people that are sharing their knowledge, imbue it into your life. Remember, there are no shortcuts. So let's go on out there and get some.